When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Hey everybody, it's Matthew Collar here. We're talking Vikings football five days a week on Purple Daily, available on Apple, Spotify, and the Score North app, or wherever you find your podcasts. And look, if you're tight on time right now and you can only listen to one segment from today's show, here it is. The Vikings have a lot of decisions to make through the course of this offseason. They've got, I want to say it's over $211 million in salary cap commitments. Uh, which means that they're going to have to make some cuts, um, you know, and then you're trying to find that balance between do you keep, you know, where do you invest that money? Mike Zimmer is always going to want to keep as much of the defensive core together as possible. Um, but if you do want to retain some of those players, then, you know, staring at a $14.5 million cap number for Stephon Diggs next year, um, you know, you can make an argument that's one spot that you could potentially free up some money. That was NFL Network's Tom Pelissero there yesterday on Mackie and Judd with Rami. And I noticed what Tom did not say is, stop it, guys. There's no way they would trade Stephon Diggs. And that leads us directly into our topic of the day. Matthew Collar, ESPN's Courtney Cronin here. The most aggressive or even radical move the Minnesota Vikings could make this offseason. And of course, Courtney, I want to get your thoughts on the Super Bowl and how it relates to the Vikings, but we do not waste any time in the NFL. We just go into full offseason mode. There are mock drafts. There are free agent lists. I mean, it's go time. I'm ready for my bump to come in so we can start doing mock drafts. Like, I'm prepared to do one today. Really? Oh, I Courtney, am. our draft scout is yeah, here. She's here. All right. She's got a white hat on. That I'm means very, I'm here. Okay, all right. Um, I'm excited. So, but to get back to, you're right, like the offseason, I know that there's now three weeks. This is supposed to be kind of the dead period between mm-hmm. now and the combine, but it never truly is. This no. is when we start finding out a little bit more. I mean, you see yesterday the Falcons say that they're not going to try to keep Vic Beasley around. He's going to hit free agency. Like You're going to start seeing more and more things like that, not necessarily teams going out on a limb the way that the Falcons did, but... Starting those numbers are going to start coming out about what the Kirk Cousins extension could potentially be look like. You know Dalvin Cook as well. But I guess to get back to your original point, were you asking me or were you saying that maybe we'd get to it later? No, we're getting to Courtney our draft scout later okay, and okay. some of the how the Super Bowl relates to the Vikings or what it tells you about the Vikings. All right. But the first right off the bat here because I've just been thinking about this a lot. So last segment with Rami on Score North Live. We discussed these scenarios of trading up for Tua Tagovailoa, and I asked Rami, would you trade Daniil Hunter and the 25th pick to move up to number two to take Tua? 
And that was the most radical move I could think of. Like, of all the things that the Vikings could potentially do with the assets they have, mm-hmm. with the landscape of the draft and free agency and everything like that, would you do the most aggressive thing that you could possibly do, which would be, I think, to trade a superstar edge rusher in his prime to move up? And this would be kind of like Oakland trading away Khalil Mack. Sure. And I look at the Bears, and you say, well, Khalil Mack is great, and their defense is great, but their quarterback is bad, so nothing matters. Mm-hmm. And you're going to be paying Khalil Mack a gazillion dollars to be on a good defense that doesn't matter because you have Mitch Trubisky and won't matter until someone is better. So if you're the Vikings, you might say, and this is just to try to defend the most radical move I could justify, it would be, well, look, you have developed pass rushers, including Daniel Hunter. Can't you do that again? Can't you draft other people or have you know someone like Afadi Adenabo or Stephen Weatherly or guys that you've been working with become a rotation at the edge and have somewhere in the ballpark of this production, which isn't worth anywhere near as much as a quarterback will be to your franchise? Yeah, and I mean, the fact of the matter is that next contract, that restructure that is eventually coming for Daniel because he's way outplayed the current team-friendly deal that he took two off-seasons ago at the age of 23. Um, if it is a team like Washington, and I don't, I didn't know their draft needs until you mentioned that, and they're obviously the number two pick. That's why you suggested trading Daniel Hunter and the 25th pick to move up to two because Burrow would go number one, and then Tua would potentially go number two. Um, they need an offensive tackle, a wide receiver, interior offensive line, cornerback, linebacker, tight end, edge rusher. That's like the way, way bottom. But I think for a haul of that size where you could get a wide receiver at 25, where the hell did they get Terry McLaurin? Lot less further down than twenty five. I'm Debo um, Samuels. Is Deep, same pick. thing. Yep. And you know you can get a corner at twenty five. You could probably, even though I'm not keen on spending a twenty fifth overall pick on an offensive lineman, they have two needs there. You could potentially get somebody at twenty five. Like it's it's worth it if you're look if you're the other team. It's worth it. I'm kind of still on the yes and no thing with Daniil. Um, just given, I don't know if you can really develop a guy that well. Like, I mean, I think that there's something so special about him. He's a once-in-a-generation type defensive lineman that I'm just not so sure. Because look mm, at, that's I, an interesting statement. I, I'm a believer in that. I know not mm. a lot of people are, are but I I'm am not. A, I don't think I am. That's fine. But take a look at the haul that they've had the last few years. Jalen Holmes, Jaleel Johnson. Um, help me here. Who else am I forgetting that they drafted? You know, fifth, fourth. Six brown pick. Those guys haven't panned out to that level, and that's, yeah, that's what I'm true. saying. Like, you know, Stephen Weatherly has kind of reached his ceiling to where he's at. We thought it was going to potentially be higher, and maybe it will be because he even admitted he needed to kind of fix some things this off season. I mean, Ofadio Denebo leveled up, that's for sure, in his third year with the Vikings. But can he ever be Daniil Hunter? I don't know. You, but you go to sorry, you go to a rotation if right. you're at that yep. if you're on that spot. But is that rotation going to be as effective when you still have the same sort of issues on the interior? Like, I'm just trying to put all the pieces together and be rational about this. But I do have one that, I, I mean, I can be irrational and go go head flying into the wall, just okay. like you did. We got that. plenty of time for that. Okay. What is it? Well, what, I mean, I, bring one up? I would trade Diggs. It's okay. not, and I know that that's kind of like not new news. It's not a new idea. We've been tabling it since week four. But... I would trade Diggs, and I think you can make an argument to trade Dalvin Cook, too. Okay, let's get back to those in just a second, because I want to defend the idea of trading Daniil Hunter to move up to get Tua. Okay. That someone like Zadarius Smith is a good example of a guy who was with Baltimore, and they said, you know, we can't really re-sign you. And he goes to Green Bay, and he's an impact player, and he's really good on a team that won a lot of games. 
In fact, you could argue he was the best at what he does, that 3-4, move-around type of guy. He led the NFL in pressures. But the Ravens' defense didn't really fall off that much. They traded for Marcus Peters instead, and he ends up getting a bunch of interceptions. They get Earl Thomas instead, and they basically filled in that talent on the back end Mm -hmm. and were just as good. And I look at someone like Shaquille Barrett, who was the league leader in sacks, and his team missed the playoffs because their quarterback played bad. And Khalil Mack missed the playoffs because the quarterback didn't play very good. I mean, these the impact of these players can be great. And Nick Bosa dominated the Super Bowl. But what happened? The better quarterback ended up winning the game because that's what happens. And there are a lot of guys who are very good at rushing the passer. I don't think it's impossible to find one. I think it's impossible to find Darrell Revis, like a corner who you could stick on an island and shuts down anyone. I think it's impossible or really tough to find Pat Mahomes are a great, great quarterback. And when you do, the value is so crazy high. With an edge rusher, they, they're two edge rushers who are great were a third and a fourth round pick who they put in great positions and developed. And that's not to say Hunter is bad or anything. He's an unbelievable talent. It's just anything compared to a quarterback, I would trade. Well, I get the value reason for that. And we're so fresh off the Super Bowl for seeing this is the model. But the Vikings thought they had the model. The 49ers thought they had the model. It was the run-first mentality and having a quarterback come through when you needed him to. But if you don't have that ultimate playmaker, the guy who you can trust in the situations that Patrick Mahomes was put in in the second half to lead his team on a 21-point rally, like I think it's so few and far between that you can find quarterbacks that can do that. And, I mean, yeah, if Tua is that guy, this is a good option. It's a good scenario to at least play around with. I just... I try to think rationally here because I know who the hell the head coach is, and he's not going to let Daniil Hunter walk out of that building. Of course not. And so that's where my stress level so this is, is trying to figure this out. I just can't I can't equate it. Let's put it this way. It's radical moves you can defend, not radical moves they're going to do. Fine. It's, but, but the Diggs one is one they could fe- like feasibly do. Yes. So let's talk about both of those okay. because those go under categories of being radical for sure. Now let's start with Diggs. There's just too much smoke not to be some fire with the idea of trading Stephon Diggs. And when you listen to Tom Pelissero that we opened the show with from NFL Network, he did not pour cold water on that idea. He didn't say, just like none of us have either that are around the team, we've never said, oh, he's gone for sure. Because we don't know how that's going to play out. We know the team doesn't want to move him. But I've gotten the sense over the last two years that Diggs wants to be on a team that's going to throw the ball more and feature him as the number one guy. And he certainly proved that he could be that when Adam Thielen was out, that he could be the dominant number one receiver on a team that wins a lot of games. That would be his reasoning for wanting to go elsewhere. The Vikings would be to get something really good in return, which might include moving up in the draft, and also clearing a little bit of cap space. Five point five million goes a long way when you've got zero. Yeah. Uh, so well, if you trade him, I mean, he's got a fourteen point five million dollar hit right now in twenty twenty. Now, do you make all of that if you trade him though? Like, do you get all of that because that's it where would it depend. gets wonky. His salary, his base salary, is ten point nine is guaranteed on the third day of the league year. So, who's responsible for the entire part of the base salary? Do you trade him before then? Like, I mean, right. that, that's okay. why it gets. Let's just call it cap space then, Fine. because it gets really wonky for how much cap space. So the positives are you get cap space and you can get something good back. Mm -hmm. The negatives are, oh my gosh, you just traded one of the best receivers in the league and receivers are super valuable. So is that something that you would defend them doing if they did? I would defend it because 
I don't think the identity of this team is changing. Gary Kubiak is running this offense, and it is still going to run through Dalvin Cook. I don't anticipate all of a sudden it's just going to shift and Kirk's going to get into a drop-back game, you know, 13 out of 16 games next year. I just don't see that, where Diggs is in the prime of his career right now. He wants to go to a place where he can be the number one, the clear-cut number one. That's just not going to happen on this team when you have Adam Thielen, um, who very desperately needs a bounce back year next year because it's when his new contract kicks in. He has a $12.8 million hit. Like He has to play up to that after an injury-ridden season this year. And, and Diggs is kind of looking at that, presumably thinking, look at the way I've played throughout the entirety of my time here and look at kind of where I'm at among the league's best receivers. I feel like I'm A, underpaid, and B, can go somewhere and outplay this contract so I can get my third. Like, I can't fault him for that. And I yep. also think that if if the Vikings look at this where they think of other needs that they have to get in free agency ahead of the draft, like also, you know, if we talk about clearing up cap space, it's probably the most feasible one to do. And I'm with you with the whole when there, where there's smoke, there's fire notion. Um, we never really put the fire out from week four. I think that it is kind right. of like smothered it a little bit. Um, and what's funny about that is that you and I were even talking about it in training camp, and then it quickly came to fruition in the first quarter of the season that something was not right there with Diggs. And considering how much money he makes, mm-hmm. if you're not going to feature him, if that's not your plan to make him a centerpiece, if not the centerpiece of the offense, the same way a lot of other teams do with their star receivers, like a DeAndre Hopkins, where you're just throwing the ball to this guy all the time, and that's the main part of your offense. I mean, if you look at the number of targets, Michael Thomas is an outlier because they just throw him every play. But even Julio Jones gets 149 targets. Keenan Allen, even, 147. DeAndre Hopkins, 146. And then you have to scroll all the way down to 34th in the NFL with Stephon Diggs, who's in the same category as Robbie Anderson for his number of targets. He really wasn't even far ahead of Sammy Watkins, who was the, what, third receiver or third or fourth receiving option on the Kansas City Chiefs. If if you're Diggs and you think that you belong in that top echelon of NFL receivers, which I would not blame him for feeling that way, considering his production per throw in his direction, then you might be saying, guys, I think you just need to do something else with me. I am never for taking a receiver of his talent out of the, the, the mix. I mean, I don't think a receiver is a position where you can just get away with getting rid of someone this good. But it sort of speaks to the situation with Diggs. Where we think they think they're at. Like, did they think that 2020 is a Super Bowl run for this team, do you think? Yeah, because, I mean, what else can they do? Well, you could take like, a step back to take a step forward would be the in, one thing. In what there. way? In in the way that if you look at the Viking salary cap, they could make $39 million by uh, removing Everson Griffin, Riley Reef, Linval Joseph, and Xavier Rhodes. And then and so you're just, but like, we're even about more the, from with Stephon Diggs. I know, but like we're talking about the quarterback position here. That's kind of like what it all boils down to. You're going to waste $31 million and just say, okay, eight and eight, we accept it. Like that's... I have a hard time believing that anybody in ownership would be okay with that. And that's why the pressure's on this front office to figure it out. Like, And you do bring up, there are a lot of cuts that could potentially happen. The, the mm-hmm. look of this team might not look the same in a month from now. But if you're trying to win in 2020, then removing Stefan Diggs from the equation is not a way to get there. Unless you draft a receiver early. 
second even, round. But even then, but even, we, we've seen that, and that doesn't always work out. I th- I don't know why, but this is, and I just brought this back up. Um, I guess, did we ever really talk about the Beckham trade and like what the Giants were doing? And obviously, that was the worst situation. It was a, a perpetual losing team, um, a situation where the wide receiver was disgruntled and went on an interview and basically called out Eli Manning for not being a good quarterback. Like, obviously, Diggs did it in his own way with his you know, missing practice for a couple of days and, and some of the comments and then kind of walking it back. But, you know, there's truth to all rumors, et cetera, et cetera. Um, did that trade make that team any better? Did it make the Browns any better? Did it make the Giants any better? I don't think so. Where where I would hesitate is I think that there's a big difference in terms of how this the person acts. Like, Diggs will get a little bit of the, he's a diva thing. I don't really think he is. I, I mean, I think he acted like it in week four, for sure. But aside from that, Beckham has legit issues and also is playing hurt and also had the worst coach in the league and a second-year quarterback who couldn't make up for it and no offensive line. And at his best, Beckham is a complete game-changer who you totally want on your team. And even then, he still had 74 catches for over 1,000 yards. Like, this is his abysmal season. He's still a, a pretty decent impact player. Um, yeah, I think that when it comes to receivers, that the value per position is extremely, extremely high. And if you remove an elite receiver from your team in general, you are not getting better almost no matter what you trade for it unless it's a quarterback. Well, I, I don't know why, but I'm just going to say How about Amari up. Cooper would be an example. Amari Cooper goes to Dallas, and then and, all of a yeah, sudden Dak Prescott's great. Yeah, and all of a sudden Amari knows how to play receiver again. Right. Like, I get it, but it's just like I try to like... I don't know why I'm comparing these two, but it's just kind of what I'm stuck on right now. So just bear with me because let's look at what the Browns acquired in that trade. They got Beckham... Olivier Vernon. And then so what they gave was Kevin Zeitler, the right guard, mm-hmm. Jabril Peppers, and then they had Cleveland's 2019 first rounder, which became Daniel Jones. And then they had the uh, 2019 third round pick as well, which I don't remember who. It was a receiver that they drafted, maybe. Whoever the Giants' third round pick was, that came from Cleveland. Um, I don't think Cleveland's pass rush got any better because they had Olivier Vernon in there. I don't. No, not a lot. And I don't think that, you know, even with a better quarterback, Odell Beckham, I mean, granted, you could say the coaching, it's whatever, and obviously Cleveland was a dumpster fire. We'll see if they can turn it around. But just the situation, I just put pause on a little bit of that because I just don't think that you can say, okay, well, put him in a situation where he can be a number one. Put him in a situation that literally he could create. I mean, Odell Beckham said, give me the promised land. And they gave him it in Cleveland, and look what the hell happened. Yeah. Nothing. Like, I just I think that he's just too different to compare. Like, I don't know. He, I, just, just, I mean, but we're thinking superstar. He's just in such the, a head case, though. I think that's different. Put than that Diggs. stuff out of it, though. We're thinking superstar in their prime, and I know it's hard yeah. to remove that stuff. But we're also talking about a, an organization that is just the worst in sports, right? Cleveland and and the Giants are every bit as clueless at this point in their history. I mean, with the Vikings, we're talking about a completely different echelon of franchise sure. here, that's, right? Yeah, that's fair. And we're but... talking about a receiver that is generally not a head case and problematic. And this year had about as good of a year as you can have for how much they threw to him. He averaged 18 yards a catch. So we're, so I think it's a little different. And I get your your example is, like, how did that change either franchise to move Beckham? It really didn't move the needle like it was supposed to in Cleveland. But I also think that they're terrible in a joke. Well, if this team, if we're saying the Vikings are still in win now, which I think they are because of the quarterback contract, I'm, I'm really just tying it to that because yeah. of that figure. Mm-hmm. 
if you trade digs, let's say, and you somehow get a first, you know, uh, an offensive lineman, let's say you get a guard out of it. I don't know who. I'm not going to put any names right. out there because that's tricky. And Courtney, our draft scout, yeah, later. Is, that's later. Comes later. <laughs> um, I don't know. I just don't know if I necessarily think it's the right idea. I can understand the the rationale behind it, but does that make you better in the short term trading away one of your best pieces? I don't know. Yeah, like, I, don't, I don't believe so. I, I couldn't make an argument that if the whole thing is how can you get the most out of Kirk for his last year, mm-hmm. if that's the whole thing, that removing Stephon Diggs from the equation in any way, shape, or form makes Kirk Cousins a better quarterback, including adding a left guard. Like, I mean, I know that these left guards for the uh, Chiefs and 49ers are definitely walking into Canton someday, but I mean... Stefan Diggs, in terms of how many more wins or how much closer he gets you to winning, how many more points he's worth than your next average receiver that you're going to throw in behind him, I think it's a big difference. I think he's one of the best route runners in the game. He had a few drops this year and we were stunned, but his history is he doesn't have many drops. He completely changed games like the Broncos game, and he draws a lot of attention even when he's not the the guy. I mean, that that is hard for me to say, yeah, you can remove him from the equation and be just fine. If you're all in on 2020, then you have to convince him that this is going to work for him and then find other ways, which is another thing I want to bring up, other ways to enhance the other parts of the roster, which may mean trading someone else a la Delvin Cook. So you would not be of the belief that you could package digs in maybe your 25th pick to get to a I don't think it's enough. I think Hunter might be enough. I don't think Diggs is enough. Okay. That's, that's um, fair. If I mean, if I'm Washington and I feel good about my quarterback, I would probably do that and give him Terry McLaurin and Stephon Diggs and feel great. Uh, and a first-round pick at 25. I don't know if Washington at the number two, assuming that it gets real hairy after that for teams potentially drafting Tua, if Washington's trying to scoot out of that pick, they're going to have some really impressive offers. The one thing you can offer is actual players who are proven to Ron Rivera, who's going to want proven players. Maybe Stefan Diggs would get it done. I'm not sure it's enough. Let's, let's say it is, though. That's the only scenario where I do it. But we were saying that they think they want to go all in for 2020. So in that case, you can't remove Diggs in my mind if you're all in for 2020. If you're all in for 2021, which is fine, and I think maybe a better direction, then yes, I would do it. So then you're saying then do it now, cut all of, trim all the other assets around the cap that are currently, you know, bogging it down yes. just in terms of uh, the financial figure. Accept eight and eight, except that you're paying Kirk out the behind for this season. Ex- expect that it will get better. Because I mean, he's probably going to be your quarterback in twenty twenty one. I know, okay, but I know if, with the I know with the scenario. It's you're all saying, in the premise that he's not. Not okay. That's, yeah. I just there's mm. two there's two different premises here. I have one a is tough time believing that. One is you're all in for twenty twenty. I'm in agreement with you that I believe they will do that. But those are the two choices that the Vikings front office and coaching staff have. And bringing back Gary certainly leans us hard toward the they want to compete in 2020. Yeah. I don't think Gary would be like, oh, we're going to rebuild? Great. Like, I'm 65 or whatever. Like That's what I really want to do with my life is rebuild a franchise or, or reload. Um, but if your idea was 
maybe we have to take a little step back and still compete for the NFC North. There's still too much talent here not to be competitive. So we're not tanking. You're just saying you remove Diggs and the first round pick, you get Tua. He sits behind. You still compete. You probably go nine and seven, ten and six. You're in the playoffs probably based on the NFC North being unimpressive. That's that is the way to try to play both sides. But if we look at it as through two different prisms, compete this year or not. If you're saying not really be that competitive this year, but look to 2021, then trading Diggs in a first to me is fine. If you're getting to a tug of Viola back, and if we we, we trust to us health. I saw people last week were tweeting at the Super Bowl. He's walking around. He looks great. It's, so it's, that's fine. it's always a big it's, part of it that his hip is fine. Yes. So his hip's fine. And we're expecting that it's the 25th pick and Stefan Diggs for number two. You'd take Tua. Yeah. Then what do you do this about is your, the radical situation? So yes. is that is are you then saying that you're addressing the offensive line in free agency or you just don't care? You're going to keep Pat Alfine around. You don't have to keep him past his fourth year anyways. Because he's still on his rookie deal, and then you go all in for a guard the following year. I think that left guard should be, if you have a quarterback who's good, a position that you can replace in the free agent market for not a gazillion dollars. Is the way I look at mm-hmm. it, and and the Super Bowl teams are examples. Like they didn't spend top five picks on left guards, and no offense to our friend Alex Boone, who's a left guard, uh, but I mean it's just not the position you look at as. Well, you've got to have that to win. You better have Will Shields there. You're going to lose. I look at it as you better have someone good there, but I'm not so desperate that I'm putting that even in the priority list, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Uh, Left tackle, I would long term. Where are you going to get that? But if you're. And that's still a question mark with this team that we need to figure out in the next month or so. If you're going down the road of. You're going to remove Kirk after 2020 and put into a tug of Viola because you traded Diggs and a first round pick. Then you have so much cap space to answer all these problems. You have 24 million or $22 million in cap space to answer your left guard issue, to answer who replaces Diggs at wide receiver. And then you, you can use your other picks too, as we've seen second round picks become good wide receivers in the NFL. So I, I mean, if you're going down that road, it probably means you're going to be competitive in 2020 still, but not all in. You can win a Super Bowl competitive. And that's where, that's where the radicalness is because I think the ownership and the head coach and the front office and the offensive coordinator all really want to be competitive in 2020. Sure. Here's one that I think is really interesting. This is from Lucky Dragon 84 on Twitter. I've never really thought of this one. Obviously, Diggs and Cook makes sense for the 2021 argument. Certainly do not make sense for Gary in 2020. Gary 2020. Vote for him for, him for president. Um, what about trading Kendricks? You're on this tweet as well. Well, it's this, it's the same thing as trading Hunter. Like I don't like trading away any star player, but if Tua Tagovailoa is involved, yeah. then, I mean anybody, it's anyone. It doesn't matter. Well, any, that, that I would trade they already every have a succession person. at that position. Yeah, other positions they don't have that succession at wide receiver. They do not. Are you confident then with Anthony Barr and with Eric Kendricks, excuse me, with Eric Wilson, that you'd be okay to get by and you could draft another linebacker, maybe use a second or third round pick the following year? And your defense would still be intact because your your defensive line is going to change. Like Griffin's not playing on this team in 2021. I don't yeah. know about next year, but there's no certainly not in 2021. And and yeah. that the whole look of the defense could change after. I mean, hell, this off season, but beyond that too. There's no player who has an impact on winning more than the quarterback, and it's 
so outrageously not close. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the teams that make the Super Bowl now, you have to go all the way back even to 2015 to find your outlier where Peyton Manning wasn't great. It was still Peyton Manning, by the way. And he got a million breaks even to get there. And he was going up against Cam Newton, who had the number one passing game and offense in the NFL that year. The number one offense and had his best passing year. So it's like it's always passing and it's always quarterback play that gets you in it and keeps you competitive for a long time. Right now on NFL Network, they're playing the Texans and Chiefs. Uh, a, te- te- a team that retooled its defense a million ways to Sunday after trading away its best player, and it still didn't work out. That's where I have pause, where we talk about trading away your best player on a certain side of the ball. Like, trading away Jadavian Clowney put this team in a very bad position. They tried to fix it however they could. They ended up with an abundance of corners that were just average. Well, and like, you could look at the Chiefs who traded away D4, too. To, I mean, they brought in Frank Clark, yeah. but... I mean, they still traded. They brought in Barkevious Mingo. That didn't fix anything. They they took a guy, the Chiefs took a guy who was their leader in sacks and said, you know what, Uh, we're going to move on from him because we think we can replace him. I was going to use the Texans as the example of a team that's horrible and has a great quarterback and was in this game and up 24 nothing. I mean, in part because of some luck, but because they have a great quarterback. And they have a really ridiculously unintelligent head coach. Yes, and GM And GM, excuse me. And that's what I mean, is that any player, as much as I think... That Kendricks and Hunter and Harrison Smith and Stefan Diggs are all just tremendous players. I would move on from any one of them in a second to move up to number two to take Tua. Because there's that chance there. And you know what? Tua might blow up in your face, but you took a shot at something that could get you to real legitimate contention. Because they haven't drafted a quarterback in the top with a top five pick or traded up to do that. I mean, their last hot first round quarterback was Teddy Bridgewater. Right. So, I guess, I mean... Soft season is going to be something. Well, the whole idea of trying to at least put forth the effort to say, hey, we watch the Super Bowl game. We know what it takes to win. Because I don't think that this argument... um, I mean, if the 49ers would have won, the Vikings could have rested back on their laurels and said, hey, they got it done with that run-first mentality that we had. Jimmy Garoppolo had to throw 12 times a game, whatever. Like... They got it done that way, where they had a quarterback they didn't have to rely on. Well, because now it's completely the opposite, where Patrick Mahomes goes into a completely different echelon of human being yet again. That's so rare. You're just not going to find that with that many quarterbacks. So I get it. If you do have that guy who can be the rare upper echelon of athlete and human being on the field, like a Tua, if we assume that that's what he can still be. At least he can move and has a baller mentality. Sure. Courtney Cronin from ESPN, Matthew Collar, Alex Boone coming up at 3 o'clock. We'll continue to talk about just reacting to the Super Bowl through the lens of the Minnesota Vikings. And if you have thoughts, feel free to tweet either one of us about the most radical thing the Vikings could do. And uh, there's a few takes that I got on Twitter, and one I thought was particularly interesting about what is what we consider to be radical for the Vikings. We'll talk about that when we return. You're listening to Purple Daily here on Score North. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone. 
The Venture X card from Capital One gives you more of what you love, like premium travel benefits and access to Taylor Swift tickets. Oh, I do love her. Earn five times miles on flights and ten times miles on hotels through Capital One Travel. Enjoy your stay in Suite 13. Whoa, 13? That's Taylor's lucky number. Plus, get access to Taylor Swift The Eras Tour, presented by Capital One. Maybe I'll see you there. The Venture X card from Capital One. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details.